Welcome to Drink Beer, Think Beer, the podcast that gets to the bottom of every pint. I'm John Hall, and it's a Love of Lagers episode from four brewers that have fully embraced the traditions to the style and are working to have modern conversations in the space. You'll hear from Beerstadt Lager House, Bagby Beer, Heater Allen, and Cohesion Brewing in just a moment. But first, Mark your calendar for May 9th. That's when Camp Rauk Beer happens at Breek Brewing and Blending. It's happening during the Craft Brewers Conference in Nashville, Tennessee, but you need not be a brewing professional to attend. Starting at 4 p.m., come enjoy smoky delights from a dozen of the country's best Rauk beer brewers. Plus, M. Souter is going to be doing a Pints and Panel pop-up shop, and there's even going to be some live audience podcast recordings. You can learn more by checking out This Week in Rauk Beer. Just search for the Facebook group, or you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at TWRaukBeer. A reminder, please go visit allaboutbeer.com for original articles, reviews, news, insights, and podcasts. You can listen to shows like Beer Travelers, Brewer to Brewer, and the All About Beer podcast simply by searching All About Beer wherever you listen to shows. This show and all of the work we do is supported by you. You can visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer to help keep the content fresh. And a reminder that a few bucks goes a long way to fund writers, photographers, creators, and editors. So thank you for your support. And if you'd like to learn more about advertising on this show or any of the All About Beer podcasts, please email info at allaboutbeer.com. It was a beautiful weather day in Duluth, Georgia last weekend, as Goodward Brewing put on its third Little Beer Festival. Todd DiMatteo, who you've heard on this show, as well as Steal This Beer, hosted a celebration of low ABV lagers and ales from top-notch brewers from around the country. And I'll point out that they've already set the date for Little Beer 4. It's going to be Saturday, April 13th, 2024, and I cannot recommend this fest more. It's a perfect setting in a charming town just outside of Atlanta. And if you're serious about great beer and the people who make it, be sure to be there next year. That's Little Beer 4 on Saturday, April 13th, 2024. And it's not just beer drinking at this fest, but there's also some education. So under the shade of a large tree in the middle of the town green, I was able to sit down with four brewers of note to talk about their love of lagers and the steps they are taking to create delicious beer. This panel includes a lot of familiar voices. Lisa Allen of Heater Allen Brewing and Gold Dot Beer in Oregon, Jeff Bagby of Bagby Beer in California, Ashley Carter of Beerstadt Lager House in Denver, Colorado, and Eric Larkin of Cohesion Brewing, which is also in Denver. Here's our panel conversation. Great. Uh, welcome to you all. This is like the round of applause time for, for all of you for, um, uh, for, for, for being here. Um, Ashley, I, I know you hate the question of, you know, are, are loggers uh, having a moment? And I know your answer if it's a 500-year uh, winning streak. Only 150, but, you know, but samesies. Is there a general excitement about loggers across the U.S. right now that you feel exists? I'm not saying, like, it's going to replace IPAs. I'm not saying that it's going to, like, in the craft space or anything. But is there is there an excitement that 11 years ago when you were first getting into this that you're surprised about now no because everybody realized <laughs> it costs too much to to uh to not make them you need people to drink more beer in their place us as brewers i think is a very unique panel that we're all owner brewers is that you want to have something to drink in your own place and and lagers in general you know it, i think it's low alcohol beer in general but lagers in general you know brewers they take technique which we're all very passionate about doing our job very well and we want to sit down at the end of the day and crush, you know, four or five beers with our friends and still be able to function. And I think we also need need that for our, our customer base, too. It, it's not gone. Long gone are the days that there's going to be a, a sour only brewery where people sit and drink four beers. It's just that's not sustainable. So yeah. you need something that people can sit and sip on that is a little bit lower flavor profile, etc. Is there something to be said about the ownership structure, Lisa, of being able to make the beers and not having to answer to other people? Like the beers that you want without outside investors saying, well, how come you haven't done a hazy and everybody else is doing it and let's let's jump on the latest bandwagon and, you know, kettle sour this? Or is there something to be said for ownership and controlling your own destiny? Uh, I mean, totally, I think so. Um, because there, I mean, all of us as brewer owners, you're making 
brew you're making brewer and beer led decisions whereas you're not necessarily i mean you want to do what's best for your company financially as well but that's not the number one thing so um so yeah you're making those important decisions that are based on beer not just based on you know making money as business jeff i having worked at other breweries before opening your own though when you were now in control when you were now running the place um did that did something change for you as a brewer with the beers that you wanted to make and the beers that you wanted to put literally your name on uh well the last place i worked pizzaport i was there for like i said you said over a little over a decade yeah but i was lucky to have owners there that pretty much let us do whatever we wanted and so i kind of had already had that option yeah and it was kind of nice because i also didn't really have a budget <laughs> um but it's opening nice my opening my mind. own place yeah. there was also there was also restrictions in regard to uh production time and tank space and things like that at pizza port so when i built my own brewery um i thought about some of those things oddly enough um didn't think about i wanted to make lager but i didn't know to the extent that we would be i'm very excited that we are um, but yeah, having the option to, to do like I, at Pete's Port, I only made a couple of loggers just because of time and space, yeah. um, constraints. Um, so having my own place, it was like, no, we're, we're definitely going to dedicate some time and effort into putting in and making some of these beers that I hadn't, um, ha that I hadn't done before. Um, and just, yeah, being for me, you know, I, it's interesting. I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago and I heard some very prominent and well-known California brewers say, well, you've got to listen to your customer and you've got to do what your customer wants. And I'm a firm Lisa believer. Lisa and Ashley are both shaking their heads. I'm a f firm believer in that that's not true. What what I a want to do. Ashley wants names right now so she can go to somebody's house and kick their door down. Um, um, yeah, I was actually really surprised to hear it, especially with the beers that, that and how long both these places have been in business. Um, but a... I just don't. I mean, I care, but I don't. I like Ashley said. I want to. I want to make what I want to drink, and I want to work on and focus on what I like about beer. And for us, that's classic, true to style beers, um, not just lagers, but ales as well. Yeah. And um, that's what I get to do, and that's what I want to do. Um, and quite honestly, it it may be the death of our business. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in all seriousness. Um, I, I enjoy that part of it, and I enjoy hopefully teaching a customer about something they may not have known about before, rather than going, oh, you you want hazy IPA, you want me to throw Twinkies in my mash tun, whatever. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to typecast cities too much, but San Diego had led the hop conversation in the U.S. for so long with LLs, uh, with IPAs. Did you find that people were refreshed that you were turning out loggers as well and sort of giving them a back-to-basics approach to beer? Um, you know, it's funny. When we opened, we didn't make an IPA on purpose. Yeah. And we had people come in and go, where's the IPA? And turn around and walk out of the People building. were mad at you. They I remember very, talking to you about angry. that at some point. Yeah. yeah. They were very, very angry. And I was like, well, no, you know, hopefully you have enough. Like, I heard somebody's say this a long long time ago and if you if you call yourself a beer, beer drinker then you should drink all beer and you should know about all different types of beer and appreciate them or at least try them yeah you're gonna find things you like and you don't like but if you if you absolutely refuse then come on like yeah <laughs> um, speaking of all types of beer then so Eric have you found when people come to cohesion and you're able to talk to them about Czech styles what are those conversations usually like because you know people you know, think of lager, and they have probably an idea in their head, but it is so regional, and it is so, you know, country-specific, and, you know, there is some innovation that's happening in this space, but to be able to focus on, you know, one region for your beers, um, how do you lead those conversations? Yeah, I mean, it starts with a lot of education for the staff, because they have to be super knowledgeable on it, but honestly, we're in a city that we're fortunate to have brewers that have kind of focused on styles before us, you know, Bierstadt, Hogshead, some of the West Coast IPA producers we have in town. You know, we have people that have focused on a style 
if not exclusively, they've put together, put forward a really great example of it. And so I think a lot of people in Denver are sort of used to a place that has more of a, a focus and yeah. they're more accepting of things like, hey, I'm rolling in with this very specific focus. They're like, okay, I, I've seen this before. I can get on board with this. But um, I mean, we, we also at, at Cohesion purposely try to uh, make a situation where our customers want to ask questions. So we lean into things that are a little bit confusing to people, whether it's the Czech language or, you know, the how much foam we pour in the beers, having the, the, the lubers, well, yeah. yeah, all that. Yeah. So it's, I, I kind of think it's our job to make our customers have questions and then have those answers ready to go. And that's like, that's our job uh, to give the staff the capability to answer those questions and, and have a conversation with them about what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we do it, and you know what, what makes it uh, something that's interesting for them. So we, we purposely try and kind of confuse people a little bit when they walk in the door. Ashley, did you have to crawl so that Eric could walk? Like when he's saying that like you had set the stage and Hogshead had set the stage, uh, were people questioning you in Denver when you all started with what you wanted to do? Yeah, including you, John, man. Is that uh, true? Yeah. Is that true? I remember the first time uh, you came in uh, and then you came in again the next year and you were sitting down with Bill and I and you're like, I, I really worried about this place that I thought it would not exist the next time I came in. Because nobody okay. can just do that. You said that. I, I, I yeah. That sounds like something I yeah, would exactly. say. Yeah, exactly. So um, you There's said probably like, <laughs> a recording of it somewhere, and somebody will send secret, that to me. Secret, secret pocket recording. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, people said that you just can't do that. Like you have to. Like Jeff was saying, you can't. You know, why don't you have this? Why don't you have that? And honestly, people love being told no. Uh, I found that out. Yeah. And it is a hard road to hold. And I, I would not say that w we started it. You know, we had a, uh, examples from Jack's Abbey etc and we just decided to go even harder at that um continue to to make a very small amount of beer which is helpful right like if you start to get too big you do have to start listening to different parts of this market but for the most part we can't we can't make enough beer to satisfy everybody so we just have to find the people that want to know more about us and and to have like kind of a, a strong opinion about it i love as much when people love what we're doing as much as i love people who are annoyed or baffled by it like we need both of those people in order to be successful because if you don't find the people who are annoyed or don't like it or only want ipa or don't understand why we don't have hefeweizen right uh you won't find the people that will go to bat for you and understand exactly what you do and so you kind of have to to go hard at at one thing you know i, I allagash you know you worked at allagash but listening to uh, reading an interview from him being an in, inch wide and a mile deep is how I'd like to be every day. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it was hard at first, but I'm so glad to see more people doing that and more brewer led places that are only making the things they want to make and not necessarily listening to kind of the, the muffled outside out there. You know, as soon as you start listening to those people, they're just telling you what your competition's doing. You, they're not telling you what you're doing. And is it even fair though, when I hear you say that, and I had a conversation at the Good Word Bar the other day about breweries that brew with intent, that know what they want to be, and they can be flexible if necessary, but are coming at this with, you know, this is our vision, and people will come for our vision because we believe in it, as opposed to pandering to, you know, what the market is seemingly saying that people, people want kind of thing. This festival, I think, is a really great representation of brewers that are doing it with intent, that have a really strong sense of self. Um, how important, this is a jump off for whoever wants to jump in, but how important has that been for your breweries to get you to where you are right now of what Ashley was sort of saying, of being true to yourselves? I mean, I'd love to hear what Lisa has to say to this because she kind of inherited it in a way, you know, and kind of not late to the game but you were a wine person beforehand so like for me i always wonder like you know how did you decide that yes absolutely um yeah for how I, you know it's kind of one of those things where i mean spoken on this before but like brewing the beer that like you want to drink and um and at heater allen we've uh we've never brewed an ipa before which was also really weird for the portland area where we're located and um you know and we did as jeff was saying have people that would like walk in and be like oh you don't make an ipa peace out um and you just have to be okay with that um for me personally it's i was even though i was in wine i also was always a 
um, fan of beer and like a lot of people started when I started drinking, started getting into like the hoppier styles and stuff. Um, but then you just come to appreciate kind of, uh, and this is for me with lagers with my dad, when he started the brewery and like, it's, it's more nuanced. And I think coming from the wine perspective, that's what I liked about it. It doesn't like slap you in the face, you know, a Pilsner, it has, you know, these nice hop and malt character. And, you know, if you do that really well, it's like comes together to be this really beautiful, harmonious thing. And yeah. So. <laughs> Jeff or Eric? Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I think echo and emphasize a lot of what Ashley said in terms of finding kind of finding your people. And like, to me, it feels like leaning into something in the way that yeah, we've, we've done, we find people that are really excited about it. And like having those people that are really, really excited about it does make a difference. And I think, I think that customers can tell when you're being intent, even if you have a wider program, the customers can tell when you're being intentional, when you have that passion behind it, it, it comes through. No one can really put their finger on exactly what it is sometimes, but I, I feel like I can go to places and, and drink beers and talk to people and tell like, yeah, you're, you really, really care about this beer and care about this style and want to represent it really well and are passionate about it. And it's, I, I think leaning into one style for me has helped me kind of develop that passion and, and nurture it a little bit and keep it, you know, uh, I think alive for customers as well. But it's that, that mile wide and an inch deep, you know, we, we heard that at Allagash, every, every company presentation that we did, Rob Todd would repeat that phrase. So I heard that probably 20 times while I was working there. And he would say, yeah, we were spread out over too far of a territory yeah. and we didn't have enough customers deep in a territory. And that was a problem and we fixed it. And then things got a lot better. And that it definitely stuck with me as well. Like finding a market, finding an area, finding your customer base and just drilling down into that people and in that territory has been, I mean, we're the youngest company, you know, between the four people up here, but it's definitely been something that I've noticed that people, they resonate with that, that passion, that intentionality for sure. Yeah. Jeff, I want to talk about tradition a little bit where you're talking about true to style um, and where that fits in, in 2023, where there are still, uh, there's breweries that embrace chaos and embrace no rules and there are drinkers here and, and and it's nice because i feel like there's a chance for folks who are just turning 21 to walk into a festival like this and to drink traditional ales and lagers and get a, a baseline sense that i think when we all were coming up that we were very fortunate to get whereas if you go into some of the cities right now or you go someplace else um all you're gonna get is marshmallows or you know, God knows what in the beer. It's like, oh, we brewed this with Cocoa Puffs or, you know, whatever. And, 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 and that's fine if that's what people are looking for. But when you're talking about brewing to traditional styles, um, how important is that baseline education in your mind? And um, what do you want the do you other mean, uh, yeah. for a customer or for me? me like, I'm, I'm well, I mean, about obviously for your sanity, I can't yeah. imagine you doing anything else. But I think more for the cut. Yeah, no, I mean. For, for I mean I, for the long term of beer right because it's not just beer competing against beer now it's hard seltzers have joined the conversation yeah. in a big way RTDs have joined the conversation in a big way you know brewers have long embraced spirits uh, you know after hours and, and all of that but that's encroaching in as well why uh, people are cross drinking these days uh, or not drinking at all so yeah, yeah. I don't know um, I don't, unpack that about, I just threw a lot at you yeah, so, yeah. I've, I've been pr processing <laughs> a lot of what these three just said too. And how that fits into kind of our vein or doesn't. I'd like to, we're, we're definitely deep, but we're a lot wider than an, than an inch. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes I think that's a good thing. Sometimes um, it probably isn't. And with their focuses on being that inch wide is, is, is great. Um, for us, I, I don't know, I, have, I tend to have, a, I want all the things and I want to, to dive into those, but they all just seem to have tradition and classic, um, even if it's spirits or if it's food or if it's whatever it is, that's kind of what my focus is. And I like to travel to the places where these things came from or come from or where they're happening and learn that way. And once I started traveling, my, my brewing knowledge and sort of um, ideas about what I wanted to make just kept expanding because I kept learning more. Um, and I hope that, like, 
Eric was just saying that someone who, whether they, they understand and know beer or have been drinking craft beer for 30 years or 30 days, I hope that they can taste that when they come into my pub and have a beer and go, whoa, even if it's, even if it's something like cream ale, you know, to, yeah. And no, we don't put vanilla in it. Like another popular. Yeah, brewery there's down no the road. lactose in a cream ale. So weird. I, I like, I, you can see it and it happens. And when it does, it's the best feeling. You get a customer that's just like, oh my gosh. Sometimes we, we've had German customers go in and drink our alt beer and go, this reminds me of home. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You've for had that this. Ashley as well, right? <laughs> and Lisa, I imagine you have as well. And, and Eric, it, I, you, you told me a story, right? Of you've had folks come yeah, to the that, Czech I Republic mean, and just yeah, that exact phrase, tears is, in their is, eyes. Yeah, it, it's a. I haven't seen tears in the eyes, but the <laughs> the this this this. That's beer, why facts don't matter on this show, apparently. It's yeah. like tears of pain this, for yeah, most of us. <laughs> oh this, man, this beer tastes like. I mean, I've also had Czech people tell me that my beer is crap too. So, but when when the Czech people come in and say like this beer tastes like home, this place makes me feel like I'm at home. You know that it, it is really rewarding. Like that is, it's really nice to have that, especially after, like Jeff said, traveling and experiencing it in the place makes such a huge impression on all of us. I think when we travel to those places, and to have someone who has that as a part of their upbringing come in and say that, it, it definitely means a lot. It's it's what we we often say that's you know the highest compliment that, that we can get. So, Ashley, how important is tradition? Uh. I think, okay, so it's not, I wouldn't say it's a complex answer, but I think that uh, it's more about intention than about being, for me, tradition just for the sake of tradition, right? Like, we have science now, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's cool. We should keep doing that. But you shouldn't, you know, it's making quantitative or, you know, qualitative decisions instead of quantitative decisions. And so what makes sense? Like, in our brewery, I really love the act of actually making beer. So to me... You know, I have a bunch of reasons why I do decoction, why we use a flotation tank, why we use lager tanks, et cetera, et cetera. But I think if you don't understand why you're doing that, then there's not really a point in doing it, right? You shouldn't just take tradition because it's, you know, traditional and that's how it's always been done. You should look at the parts of that that make sense. You know, and of course, owning my own brewery is a, a really great thing because I can just say yes, no, what I want to do, what I don't want to do. Yeah. So taking the pieces of tradition that make sense for us and, you know, also, I don't think that that is the end-all, be-all. You, you have to actually examine why you're doing something. Um, does it make the beer better? Does it make it taste more like you want it to taste? And maybe better is the wrong word, but does that process make my beer taste the way I want my beer to taste? Um, or am I just doing it because some old dude in a book said to do it? Like, there's a very fine line in there. Uh, and I guess it's, you know, for me, it's about the beer making process and constantly learning. I'm not opposed to learning new techniques or learning about new hops or things like that. But again, just cutting maybe, you know, like fixing some of the things about the way we boil, right? I think that using a steam boil system is better for our beer because I think it helps make it last a little bit longer. It doesn't age it as fast. But also, do I think decoction matters? For sure. So it's, it's kind of finding this fine line between the two things and what makes sense for our brewery and what makes our beer taste like our beer. Lisa, what's the fine line for you? Um, you know, I, I would say that I'm probably a little less. I mean, I'm, I, we do make very traditional lagers, or at least attempt to. It's kind of our version of what they would be like. Um, and... Uh, but I also am, you know, like Ashley said, like looking at science and how can you make this process better? Um, I think it was this actually, my partner Kevin told me this, that I think his uh, first, his first uh, job was at Chuckana in Bellingham, Washington, also makes fabulous loggers. Yeah. And the owner head brewer there was uh, Will Kemper. And, well, still is. It still is, yeah. <laughs> still he's is. He's still with us. He's still there. I don't think he brews anymore. No, but, but he, he hangs out. He hangs out quite a bit. He's. Yeah. Um, but he said he's like too often. Brewers are trying to think outside the box when what you really need to do is spend more time thinking inside the box. And so that's kind of I really like that because it's kind of like, yeah, I because I want to be in this tradition, and so how can I make my processes better? within those traditions and not by adding like lactose or enzymes to my beer, you know, um, just doing things maybe a little bit better than they were done in the, in the past. And, uh, yeah, looking at 
current traditions and past traditions and you know yeah making the best beer i can that way I don't know. eric you're nodding along with this yeah i think a lot of what is they're saying is stuff that i've thought about too so it's it's you know it's nice to hear but i especially with what ashley's saying about you know tradition is is important i think really important for us at at cohesion but I've also traveling to the Czech Republic, and I mean, the, when when they first made Pilsner Kell, they didn't know what yeast was, right? We didn't have an idea of what they literally have a phrase, debus jesti, which means God give us luck, and that's what they would say before they brewed because they're like, I don't know, if this is gonna work or not, right? I mean, that's that's where they started was like, hey, I, I hope this works. Yeah. And and it still is an important part of their culture. They still use that phrase a lot, but yeah, we're at a point now where we can buy yeast that is a single you know, colony and pitch it accordingly. And it's, it's a very different era to make beer in. So we're definitely guided by a lot of things that happen currently in the Czech Republic and the way they brew beer. But some other pieces, you know, there's things I see there and I'm like, I, I don't know why you guys are doing this. Like, this does not make sense to me. It's yeah. not logical. It's not good for your beer. Um, and it's, it's interesting to find the things that I think, just like Ashley said, that really impact the beer and where we can make the choices to you know, stay inside that that box and figure out what inside that box is what really makes the beer what what it needs to be with the current brewing methods we have now. Uh, but it's yeah, it's it's wild to think about how they were making beer and some people. I think I love when people try to recreate those, but it's it's almost impossible in some ways. You know, the it it's interesting to think about, but I think you have to pick and choose what of tradition you're adhering to. Uh, and I, I think we have technology that can make better beer than they made in the 1800s too. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> and we sh- and we should make better beer. Like that's I, I not, that's hope, you know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ashley, you want to jump in there? Is no. That, no? <laughs> I mean yes, but no. okay. That's yeah. Um, Jeff, how how close do you pay attention to modern ingredients? To you know, the, 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 the question of, you know, well, what's the new hop of the moment? Or have you messed around with craft malt? How much are you paying um, attention to that for some of your beers? On the hop side, very little. Yeah. Um, I have some legacy hop contracts that have kept my classics uh, yeah. in order for a very, very long time. So it's kind of funny, too. I'll, I'll have a brewer come in and, and give me a can of the pale ale or IPA, and they'll be like, it was hopped with GW75629. And I'm like... <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Your phone number? Like, yeah, Yeah. let's, yeah. I just learned the word mosaic, so. (laughs) I do know that one. But what I'm saying is, that's what it is. It's tile art, yeah. Like our beers, I guess my ingredients, I try to keep pretty, pretty, pretty classic. I, you know, thinking about this conversation and, you know, I've had conversations with, with brewers who started making beer back in the mid 80s and just, they're like, you know, you talk about problems and they're like, oh, we had problems like no one. You couldn't just call somebody up and get hops the next day or get grain the next day or get yeast the next day or even talk about beer yeast, period. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, like Ashley said, we have science and science has done a lot for being able to, to make the beers that, that I like to make, but paying attention to like newer hop varieties or things like that. Some of the grain stuff I do, but again, I like I like classic stuff. So yeah. that's that's what I use and that's what I, you know, with the equipment that I have and the ingredients I have, I try to make the best beer that I possibly can that fits to what my interpretation of a certain style of beer is or what I've tasted when I've traveled and things like that. What- when I when I look back through history books and I, I I think about the early brewers that developed styles when they didn't have names for things and they were still uh, thanking the gods for fermentation and 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 all of that um, and I think about where we are now with you know so the Czech came up that way and and certainly Germany and even you know eighteen hundreds U S uh, with with a lot of the the, the, the grains and everything. And now I'm looking at the, you know, the craft malt that is starting to, the small maltsters that are coming up, or some of the small indigenous grown hops in various states. You know, Maryland just found a native to Maryland hop uh, not too long ago, uh, Monocacy. Um, there's, you know, obviously the Pacific Northwest is growing, you know, uh, quite a bit as well. Um, do you see a future for new loggers based on ingredients that are coming up now or that are available now? I mean, 
I know what you guys think. I'm, I, I guess I've never thought about it like that because I'm always kind of looking, looking backwards at what had has been done, yeah. and then interpreting that the way that I can and with the current ingredients and things that I have to make things. But I'm sure there's. I know I think about um, my friends in the UK who started wanting to make West Coast IPA, and you know most British maltsters, their palest malt wasn't pale enough for what they wanted to do. Yeah. But now those maltsters make extra pale malt or things like that. So they're now, you know, their beers are really mimicking what's done over here. A little different because a lot of dry yeast. But you know maybe that's maybe there's a possibility for that. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys? Think? Yeah. It's- <laughs> Uh, I just, I mean, since I'm in the Pacific Northwest where we grow a lot of hops, I think uh, when you look at um, hops and new hop varieties uh, and even some of these um, hop products that people are using now, um, it's most of them are geared towards hoppy beers. So, um, you know, I think when that comes, I mean, I've done this series of more like a German style Pilsner that I'll hop with like an IPA hop and it's kind of fun to do that um, partially because I'm not dry hopping it I'm just doing it on the hot side Um, but I don't think you can really it's harder to make say a if you want to make a very traditional style lager it's hard to do that with some of the newer hop varieties that are coming out yeah Um, there are some great varieties I'm a huge champion of uh, Willamette hop which uh, used to be used everybody is nodding along with Budweiser and I'm sorry two of the three are nodding (laughs) along the Bud hop yes it's a great it's a great lager hop and you know it was grown and and they're like hopefully going to keep planting it but it's like one of those hops that like it's like let's get away from the you know all these experimental ones let's you know kind of try to revive some of these varieties that were really cool hops and really great hops that um people are going away from and those are the good lager hops i think that were that are grown in the u.s anyway so ashley yeah i I mean for me lager is simultaneously very much yeast driven and then simultaneously not very much yeast driven and i mean that like Kvike does not make lager. Like, I don't care. Anybody can start, be like, it tastes just like a lager. Like, it doesn't. Like, it just does not. Like, stop trying to fool yourself. Lager is yeast driven by lager yeast. So what I mean by that is, like, to me, when I think about lager, and I've said this a million times, is I think of the absence of yeast character. And so you're really wanting to make hops and malt shine. And whatever those hops and malt are, like, I'm actually not that concerned about it. Now, if you're going to start to call it, like, German style pills, I have a certain expectation of what that means, but I think other than that, if you're not going to call it something traditional, it can use any ingredients, but the main thing about lager is lager yeast and reducing the amount that that yeast has an impact on the rest of it. Uh, Your Kolsch yeast does not make lager. Your blonde ale is not a lager. No. Like lager is based on lager yeast, and once you take that out of the equation, like just call it what it is and make a really good cream ale or bake a really good blonde ale. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but I think my only, the biggest sticking point is trying to make fake lager and trying to call it lager. The rest of it, use whatever you want to, but lager yeast is lager yeast. And there's something to be said for, I mean, as, as a writer and somebody who tastes a lot of beers and you know, I judged beer competitions and everything, I struggle with language with lagers a lot of the time uh, because there isn't always a lot of a lot of descriptors that you know without myself like repeating myself over and over and over again um what are some of the phrases that you all are tired of hearing about when it comes to describing your beers eric oh lisa lisa just, immediately lisa immediately was say, like my uh, microphone up my god yeah. The the, yeah. the the like crispy boy thing. Agreed. I'm over it. Agreed. Crisp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only like that's, that's what immediately the board. comes to mind. Yeah. Everybody stop calling them crispy. I mean, it's I I understand why people use it. It it makes sense, but it, it's it's so much more than that. Even even you know. And I, not all loggers are crispy. Right. No. Exactly. Yeah. Even even ones that I think are crispy. Like there's other. I think you can use. You know, more the effervescence, more dryness. There are words you can use to talk about what you're trying to get at with crispy instead of saying that. But I, and 
I, but I agree with you. It's hard to sometimes find all those words. But yes, I think we're a unanimous four on on no. no I got I got one. I think yeah. Cold IPA. <laughs> hot lager. I'm like Where's hot Kevin? lager. Where's I'm, Kevin at? Wait, hot lager. Wait, wait, Poor Kevin Don't you mean not IPL? here to defend what, what himself. Happened to that? Oh yeah, it doesn't sound as cool. Right okay, as someone who has dealt with the cold IPA <laughs> thing, and I, I, it's dealt, dealt no, with it. Well, you should have to deal yeah, with it. So dealt and things. It's, it's not. Welcome to couples therapy. It's this using. Okay, the whole thing with the cold IPA, it's using an adjunct in the process. So you're using either rice or corn with a beer. It is to showcase the hops. So you want to, like, that's the whole point of it. And it's lager yeast fermented warm. It is not, it's not like amber, like a IPL is or anything like that. And it drinks more like an IPA. So anyway, that's my, that's I like that it makes people really mad. Yeah, it, it really does. <laughs> it has more in common with IPA than milkshake does. So I'm here for I've, it. I've tried to suggest it for a collab and been told like, fuck no. Like, I'm, I'm not making a cold <laughs> And I was like, oh, I, I didn't. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, touched, right. I, touched I, I didn't. Uh, okay. We will sorry, Rob with. Todd. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've made, I think. Oh, I, I just made a pale ale that I made with lager yeast. So are people going to get mad at me for calling it an ale? Like, it's the yeast I have available. I ferment it warm. Whatever. Anyway. I don't, are you guys mad at that? Is that... Uh, it's weird. Everybody keeps shifting their stools away from you. <laughs> the more... <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. I uh, think anybody can do and make whatever you want to make. It's just some things that just are more annoying than others. That's all. People are obviously going to make whatever they make. They're throwing every everything that isn't an ingredient in beer into beer these days. So, you know, what what do we do? We just, I don't know. What do you do? Well, you asked the question, man. I know. <laughs> but You're you like, keep what, on what things on, yeah. do we not like in what trends? And that one grinds me a little bit. So. Where do you... Again, I'm always looking for the right question. I'm always looking for a, a question that can spark a conversation. And what isn't being brought up enough in the lager conversation of 2023 that you wish was getting a little bit more attention? I mean, I, I have a topic that I think I'd be curious to hear everybody else's opinion on that, uh, you know, with the obvious impacts that I think climate change is having on hops, especially these old world and land race varietals of hops, you know, for us, we use a, a shit ton of saws uh, at our brewery and saws is changing and saws is changing a lot and it's really variable and hard to get consistency on. So we're we're definitely at Cohesion thinking about how we're going to approach some of the newer varietals that are coming. The Czechs are seeming a little hesitant to plant new varietals and develop new varietals that try to replace saws if they even can. But I know some of the German hops are having similar you know problems and I've heard stories from uh, Johan from H HVG. I know he brewed with uh, did he brew with y'all at Heater Allen or no? I know he brewed with Ashley, and when he came into town, he was telling me, you know, they had Herzbrucker, that they have a brewery that uses a lot of Herzbrucker, but they know that Herzbrucker is going to fade out. It's not, it's it's going to go away at some point. So they're trying to develop an alternative hop. They brought it to a brewery that uses, this is like a 50, 75,000 barrel year brewery, uses a ton of Herzbrucker, brought them the alternatives, and the brewery just said, no, like, we're we're still going to use Herzbrucker. Like, we don't, I don't want this new one. So... But at some point, the choice is kind of going to be made for you. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear because I think we're – I'm trying to explore how to deal with that. And I'm curious to hear if, if y'all are thinking about that or, or if, if you're kind of riding the wave of the hops that you like right now and kind of sticking with it. Anybody? I was just going to say it's, it's a good question. I guess I'm not making enough of a single beer with a single hop that I'm thinking that, like, oh, if that hop's gone, what am I going to do? I'm not to that point or that volume yeah. so and i have hop contracts from years ago so i've got a lot of hops to use so i don't really have an option but um yeah i i think it's an interesting idea and i think that hop growers at least in pacific northwest seem to continue to look at hop varieties in the ipa sense rather than the lager sense like you're talking old world nobles things like that um those hops are dying out. I was going to ask you what the heck you're going to do when you can't get sots anymore because <laughs> <laughs> 2.5 alpha sots is really yeah. hard to do much I can, with. I got a 3.6 this year, so I was lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Give me more 2.4, so. 
Oh man, Hersbrucker was super low though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for us, you know, I, I think at some point uh, when we look at our business model, um, a little bit, honestly, pretty much this entire panel is kind of a little bit on the same wavelength. When I look at, you know, our business model and how much beer we're going to make, and that's going to kind of, we're going to try to stay a sustainable level, you know, where, look, I love middle fruit for our pills. And if one day it doesn't taste and smell like middle fruit, then we'll have to come up with something else. But for the time being, we're small enough that I don't think, like, even when we say a shitload, like, we have no idea what a shitload is, right? Like, <laughs> I like I barely, I, like, weigh a hot pellet over the top of the kettle and I go, yeah, that's good, you know? So we are a sustainable level at the moment to continue using what we're using. And, of course, in the future, that's going to change a little bit. And if those hops change to when they're not desirable anymore in that beer, we'll start looking at other things. And I think the Germans uh, and the Czechs and stuff like that are our while they're hesitant towards it, they do kind of understand what's happening. You know, I was just in the Czech Republic and they are starting to make a couple different hops and they're starting to breed a couple differently together to try and create some of the same ideas. Um, some of them, unfortunately, are going back to the idea of what's a bittering hop versus a flavoring hop. And they're, you know, high alpha, low alpha, when I think that, you know, you should just use a hop that, you know, smells and tastes the best. Um, but I guess trying to stay at a sustainable level is, is part of that for us. Like, we don't have any desire to get to get big. Like, I like doing what we're doing right now. I'm not trying to, like, run a million barrel brewery. No. Nor should you. It's, uh, uh, something does get lost in translation if you get too big. In my opinion, anyway. Um, and you have to start listening to your customers, too, so. That's right. <laughs> and the ownership and the board of directors. Yeah, that come with that. Um, as we start to, to, to wind up here, um, I'm curious to hear from each of you of a logger that has inspired you, continues to inspire you, that is not yours or somebody on this panel right now that you think people <laughs> should go and experience for themselves. Eric? Yes. <laughs> Anybody jump in if they've got one. I'm. I'm I, I do. Yeah, all so, right. Yeah. Augustine or hell. I mean, it's it's a classic. It's delicious. It. Yeah. That's what. Um, I mean, one of the beers that Kevin and I are going to be making all the time with our brand Gold Dot Beer is going to be a Hellas, and that is the Hellas that inspires us and inspired us and that's what we're going for and trying to trying to make something close to that nice ashley <laughs> you don't want to answer this question well, I, no no no. i just uh I, I you're so mad no more than more than beer i to me as a as a business owner obviously beer is extraordinarily important to me it's what i decided to do with my life it's what i've decided to show people who i am through a medium and that is beer what I am more, as a business owner, part of it is the part where I have to like stretch a little bit. Yeah. And the places that inspire me to be better to my employees, to, you know, continuously, you know, kind of brush off critique or, like, those are the places that I'm trying to think of. The people that inspire me to be to be better at, at what I do. I, mean, I think um, Dave Colt at Sun King is a great yeah. example of how he is to his employees and what he focuses on you know we have a little we don't really have that much in common honestly when it comes to beer but like to me beer of course is inspiring you find that everywhere and augustine or hell is amazing and i've had amazing beers at all these places that on this panel but like as a business owner trying to trying to stretch that part of me is more what i'm thinking about when i'm as a business owner like beer i feel really comfortable with and there's a ton of beers that inspire me because it's all time and place and people but um to me, business ownership is, is really the place where I, I try to look and you know Rob Todd like all these things. I try to look at these things, uh, from that perspective, uh, is a little is a little bit harder for me. So I think that that's okay. What I look at. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. It blew your panel. Um, well, <laughs> I'm just you said no one on out. this panel, but yeah. going to Bill and Ashley's place that in, definitely inspired me, and I can't not is say it. Is Lucy the only one following the rules here? Come on. <laughs> Then I will give you one. I ask so little. It's. I'll give you one. Right. Yeah. He gets on one Netflix special. He thinks he can <laughs> just tell us what to do now. As seen on TV. Um, no, uh, I've been to Prague once, and it was with these two fine people, and uh, and their business partner, um, and we went to 
a place that I'd heard of, and they only make dark Czech lager. And Ashley was just there and had didn't have the same experience as we did when we were first there. But we sat at this table, and there's this old guy playing an accordion, and it was packed full of Czechs, locals, and it was just a, a killer time and moment. And we had this beer, and we just sat there, and we'd been talking about making a beer together, and we're like, this is the beer we got to make. And we came home and, and you made it. brewed it, I don't know, how many times? Three times? Three four times, times? Yeah. yeah. So, um, Atu Fleku, and then yeah. we get to Mabe that when I had never had it before until I was there, and I'll never forget it. It was er- awesome. Eric, you have an answer? Yeah, I think I think the uh, the Budvar Brewery, uh, especially the stuff that's in the cellars. Um, when I actually just got to do this trip that's sponsored by the Ministry of Agriculture to the Czech Republic, and I did it last year, and that was um, drinking those beers in that cellar, the the unfiltered, unpasteurized versions, you know, right out of the tank, was certainly you know we we do unfiltered, unpasteurized beer at our brewery exclusively. There's uh, and there's something about that to me that remains an inspiration. Um, the dark, in particular, their Tamavi Lejac off the tank was uh, a similar thing. I'll, I'll never forget that uh, experience, partly because we're in like a 40 degree cellar too, and some of the brewers forgot to bring a sweater, and they were shivering like crazy. So it's also was funny because I, 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 at least I thought it was funny. But anyways, uh, yeah, those those beers um, just drink really really well for me and remain an inspiration as a you know, a, a, the type of beer that we're trying to make. Um, I, I just wish they released more of that stuff. Yeah. You know, a lot of those breweries over there, especially the big ones, they they package and distribute so far that they make the filtered and pasteurized versions. And um, I wish that more people could try those because I know that's it's kind of a snobby answer too because not everyone can get into the cellars of, of these places and try these beers. But, um, yeah, definitely an inspiration for me. Uh, one of the things that I love about this festival is the – just the, the the constant availability of Underberg, um, and before we started, uh, there's there's literally an Underberg tent here. I don't think I've ever been to a beer festival uh, where where there's been a, a a tent of it readily available. And Ashley ran out and got one for for each of us um, uh, right now. Uh, one of you, maybe Ashley or Lisa or whoever, um, uh, talks to me about the appeal that brewers have uh, with this nice little herb inspired i'll let jeff go on this one yeah, man. i didn't right. have drink so much underberg until i met the bagbees Shit. all right come on <laughs> jeff tell us tell, tell us about it uh where's the appeal live where wh- why the why, first why? honestly the first appeal to me was the very first time i had it and it's functional this stuff works <laughs> i was Settles in san tummy. francisco i had been drinking barley wine all day i went to tommy's and had a giant mexican food plate and a bunch of tequila, and we went back to the Tornado, and everybody was like railing up pints. I'm like, I can't fit anything else in me. What the hell are you guys doing? And they were like, Oh, you just need an Underberg. I'm like, What the hell's what? A what? What? And then I drank it, and about ten minutes later, I was like, Yeah, I want that pint. I have room. Okay. I don't know what it does, but it works. But it's magic. So that was the first. Then just like I don't know the kind of camaraderie, the batch variation. Um, I don't know. It's <laughs> is, is there batch variation? Yeah, you have every time. We always joke. Say, we always, but one of my friends, he's, <laughs> every time he sets one down, he's like, that was a good batch. Yeah, somebody and has so to say it every just, time. It <laughs> just batch. kind of became a joke. But now I'm like, wait. You, you <laughs> notice you're like, wait, that one was hotter or definitely more spicy than the last one. Or that <laughs> one was smooth. Or wait, that one actually had some sweetness to it. You're like, I don't know. That's probably all exactly the same. I don't know. Lisa, was it you who introduced me to the game? Uh, yeah, I think oh, so. Okay. I think so. So that you look, there's a number on the bottom of each bottle, and uh, we actually learned this from some friends in Seattle. And you get a round of Unibergs, and then you look. Whoever has the highest number has to buy the round. So, okay. I'm yeah. at 28. I got 18. 55. Five. Five. 55. Yeah. I can't read it. <laughs> 18. 18. All right, so Ashley's buying. Yeah, I am. I did. I brought right. it. Yes, well, perfect. You did. She brought done. So cheers. All right, well, cheers, yeah. all. Cheers. 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 That doesn't work for radio. <laughs> that long stretch of silence as we're all downing uh, the, the little blows. That that's a good batch. <laughs> Great batch. It's a good batch. I think it's 
extra spicy that time. Got to save our caps and, uh, and get the truck. Got to go through the catalog and get the <laughs> get the truck. Um, listen, thanks for uh, for your time and for your expertise and for uh, uh, sharing uh, these really great insights here at this uh, this really cool little festival here at Duluth. It's awesome Jersey. festival. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, it's yeah, really it's great, great. But uh, Eric and and Jeff and Lisa and uh, Ashley, who apparently keeps receipts. Uh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for doing this, and uh, thanks everybody for hanging out. And uh, go drink yeah, some beer and enjoy you. it. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Seriously, get to Little Beers Four on April thirteenth, twenty twenty four, in Duluth, Georgia. You should follow Good Word Brewing on social media for more information. And my thanks to the brewery and the city for the hospitality and having me down to facilitate this panel. For more immediate beer drinking fun, a reminder to get to Nashville on May 9th for Camp Rauk Beer at Barik Brewing and Blending. It's happening during the Craft Brewers Conference, but you need not be a brewing professional to attend. Starting at 4 o'clock, come enjoy smoky delights from a dozen of the country's best Rauk Beer brewers. Plus, M. Souter of Pints and Panels is going to be doing a pop-up shop, and we're even going to have some live audience podcast recordings. You can check out allaboutbeer.com online and via social media uh, for additional details. What's a festival that you like and that you think that other people should be attending? You should let me know about it. You can email me. It's John Hall. That's J-O-H-N-H-O-L-L at allaboutbeer.com. Or you can tell me on Twitter at John underscore Hall. That's also how you can get in touch with questions, comments, guest suggestions, and whatever else is on your beer mind. A reminder, go visit allaboutbeer.com. There you can check out the podcast page, the merch page, which has a lot of cool route beer stuff going on there. And you can read great new content as well as the archives going back to 1979. Follow All About Beer on social media at All About Beer. And if you're interested in supporting journalism in the beer space, you can email us at info at allaboutbeer.com, or you can help support us by going to patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. Don't forget the All About Beer podcast channel. Search now, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Steal This Beer has new episodes every Monday, and the BYO Nano podcast comes out on the 15th of every month. And as for this show, Nate Schwaber does the music, Jeff Quinn designed our logo, and I'm John Hall. New episodes release every Wednesday, and that's when I'm going to be back again to drink beer and to think beer. <laughs>